Welcome to Styles Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we made it. Uh, we're here at the end of the first story arc of the first show to ever do story arcs. Uh, it is episode, in case you haven't watched it yet and you want to take a break and go do that, episodes eight and nine of season one of Wise Guy, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, and No One Gets Out of Here Alive. It's. I think no one gets out alive. Yeah, I think it's no one gets out of here alive. But anyway, that's yeah. you know what? It's not really relevant <laughs> to the conversation. What the specific title of the episode? It's. Is. It's sort of like Harlan County, you know? Exactly. Uh, it, exactly. Nobody leaves there alive. So let's get right to it. Um, I don't think I'm going to be you know stepping on any toes or uh, you know shocking anyone when I say that this is an incredible two hours of television. Like, <laughs> why would you step on anybody's toes to say that? Saying. It's like, it's, it, this yes. is as good as television gets. This is unbelievably fantastic at what it reveals about the characters and how perfectly it wraps up the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and again, remember, remember that it's like, as they were writing these episodes, there was like, but we really love Sonny. Yeah. Should we really get rid of Sonny? Should we really end this arc? And like maybe maybe we just keep doing the show about the New Jersey Mafia. Which, you know, would later be the Sopranos. Uh and then I mean <laughs> the Sopranos entirely being about a conflict uh in which New York wants to take over, over all New of Jersey. New Jersey's business is legitimately like it's the same story that wise guy is telling in its first nine episodes it's a very different version of that story but the fundamental story that's being told is in the sopranos um uh whatever his name is april dies of cancer in the first season and new york doesn't think anybody else in charge has the cojones to keep them from taking over so they decide to move in and take over New York's uh all of New Jersey business and spoiler alert in the last episode they do cuz Tony got killed and Polly who's next in line has is already working for uh is already working for New York like is already in with New York so there you go uh I just told you what really happened at the end of Sopranos <laughs> <laughs> not 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 happened. the TV version, but <laughs> what really happened. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, in the TV version, it cuts to black when he gets killed, so you don't know he gets killed. But uh, yeah. he gets killed, and then New York takes over the New Jersey mob, just like they said they were going to, like just yeah. like the whole like, show had been. <laughs> well, I was going to say just like they did in real life. No, <laughs> yeah, but that's another conversation. No, but yes. it's just kind of interesting to think that it's like two of the most important shows in the history of television. Wise Guy, which invented the format that all prestige television would have after Wise Guy, and The Sopranos, which brought the anti-hero-based show into popularity, mm -hmm. both of them are about the exact same thing, yeah. an ongoing conflict between the New Jersey and New York mafia over whether New Jersey gets to stay independent. And And I will tell you, to be honest... Yeah. That the Sopranos got a little wafy <laughs> by the end. I mean, I was so fed up with Lorraine Bracco's oh, psychiatrist. I know. I was I mean, so... to be fair, she does dump him as a client in the last season. 
Well, but yeah, the but it, were way it too takes long. five years. Come know, on, right? You know, I mean, I, we're he not doesn't here to want to talk... get better. You know? Yeah, no, he doesn't, and he just needs to ease things off a little bit. He just wants to feel a little less guilt over all the bad stuff he does. And yeah, that's not your job, woman. And his money, his mother was not Vinnie Ter- was not was Carlotta. Not Ter- it was not <laughs> Carlotta Terranova. That's true. Well, it's funny um, because I was uh, just thinking about that and how I, I do love that it like it literally takes her psychiatrist to get her to quit Tony, and it's Peter Bogdanovich. And I just love yeah. that it was Peter Bogdanovich playing her psychiatrist. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was really good. But I mean, it was... Uh, it's you know, frustrating she, as an audience member. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and that's what I think about The Sopranos. Like, I, I kind of watched the last season. I know I did. But I wasn't engaged. Yeah. And I couldn't have cared less by the time what happened to Tony. Yeah. You know, I mean, the very fact that his wife, you know, I mean, it was it was just all there was so much sort of like it was really good in the beginning. But I think that it the lesson of crime story and the lesson of wise guy is yeah. that you can't do this for any length of time. Yeah, not really. You think you can. And everybody raved about the Sopranos. But I'll tell you, it's not the Sopranos. Yeah, that's going to survive in another yeah. forty in years. Another forty years. I don't think people are still going to be talking about the Sopranos. People aren't talking about the Sopranos now. Like that's people right. didn't talk. People didn't talk about the Sopranos for ten years until he decided to make a movie. You know. Yeah. You know. I mean, it it, it was it was when you watched it and it was innovative. It was the first time they'd really done something like that in a TV show. Yeah. And remember, it was only ten episodes a year. Yep, or 13 episodes. Or no, 13 no, 10 or 13 episodes. Or 12 or 13, yeah. right? Um, okay, so, you know, but uh, my tolerance for, for that. Yeah. Um, Oz it runs out, yeah. yeah and God, it, and Oz it, is a good show. Yeah, so, I mean, it manages to, but I mean, again, The Sopranos was right at the beginning of this. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it of is this again, of thing. this whole, the golden age of television. Oz and the Sopranos, and to a lesser extent, um, I would say Homicide Life on the Street, yeah. are the shows that kicked off the golden age of television. I mean, the golden age of television, the most character, I, I hesitate to put Homicide Life on the Street on that list, because, I mean, it's it's the stepping stone to the prestige golden age of television, but the definitive part of golden age of television it was all these cable dramas that could yeah. do what you couldn't do on TV, and on so, HBO. Yeah, all on HBO. And that's that's where Oz was like this next level beyond uh what oh, Homicide Life on the Street was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a nice way of saying it. That's a nice way of saying it. Oz a very clean is way in, of saying it. Is in a category all, all itself. Yeah, all to itself. And but hey, it's it's why we have um you know, it's all why we have a ton of great actors. Oh who, sure. Know, and the only, on now I'm going to make a very controversial statement. Please. Okay. It is full of characters as unlikable yeah. as Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It's a much better show. It's a better show, but yeah, you're not on board with those characters <laughs> any more than you are in Sons of Anarchy. You know, you want to see what's going to happen. But you and don't. I think Rita Moreno is the only 
No, no, B.D. Wong's fine. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, B.D. Wong, the priest who's just trying to do his best. And the nun who's just trying to do her best. And That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, even the guy who runs Emerald City, uh, he screws up a lot. His idea, like, his ideas about <laughs> rebuilding, uh, you know, the the penal system in America are great and all, but it's like, I don't know if Oswald State Penitentiary was ready for them. Yes. You know. uh, anyway. Anyway, Oz now, is we're, a great we're show, going but we're here to talk from... about. Well, no, the reason we're going away yeah. from it's like, I don't want to say goodbye to Sonny either. <laughs> no, I know. That's why we're, uh, nobody wants to say goodbye to Sonny, except that when I watch it, I just go, but it could not. No, you could, you can't keep this going. I you don't, uh, no, no, because Vinny can't stay under cover. I mean, the funny thing is, if, if Vinny leaves the FBI and, and sets up this relationship with Sonny and starts working the mob in the mob, yeah. right? And becomes yeah. second in command in the New Jersey. And then they start to, well, because they killed the head of the New York mob. So yeah, like, you could get that story, but you can't get no. that shift, right? Like, yeah. I can't see how. There's no way to do that show based on the To do that. I would like to see Sonny Mary What's-Her-Face and have and, children. Oh, God, isn't it horrible? You know. And, All right, so let's, and, let's get into it. Okay, so. The episode begins at a there? dinner. I know you can't uh, nope. without completely compromising what the show is and what the show is trying yep. to say. Uh, so, yes, the the episode opens with a big dinner back in the neighborhood. Right. Ba uh, yes. Back in Brooklyn. Right. Where they everybody is coming to the big community dinner. And it's like, I don't know. I've been to this type of community dinner. Right. This big Huge amounts of tables, big potluck up at the front, like uh, the the buffet style, and everyone sits at tables and there's dancing. And it's just a nice community party. Yeah, uh, you know, political parties often run this type of thing, and as we're shown, it essentially is a political event because it's a chance for you know all of the different factions to sit down in one place and talk things through in a completely nice setting. So not only are there mobsters there, but there's politicians there too. Because fundamentally, and this is as Harry the Hunch tells us, like, it's not that these politicians are corrupt. It's that the set, the biggest forces, they're representing this community, and the biggest forces in this community are mob controlled. Like or in that room. Yeah. They're all, and they're <laughs> all in that room. So they have to be there. Yeah. Like, this guy's not taking, like, the, a guy's not taking bribes from the IRA. Although there was stories about that happening back in the 70s and 80s about it, uh, Irish American Congress people who are a little too cozy with the IRA. And that's what's being referenced here. All right. They're not taking bribes. But at the same time, these IRA people are people that the community loves and the community is on the side of. So you have to at least go and talk to them. Right. In the same way that Donald Trump has to go and talk to the Ku Klux Klan because that's his base. You know, like, if you're an Irish politician living in New York, you're going to have to talk to people who are Sinn Féin associated. Now, that said, obviously Sinn Féin are not scumbags like the IRA is. <laughs> Sorry, like the KKK is. But, you know, you're always going to be meeting questionable people in this corrupt world that they all inhabit. And there is a level at which, like... I, I both appreciate that what draws people to Vinny is his naivete. 
right? Yeah. Like part of what people just they the the reason they opened up to him is because he really does seem like there is no level of deceit to him. Like he really does seem like a naive guy learning about the world who just wants to do right by his friends. He really comes across, like sells that completely. And I would just argue that sometimes he seems a little too naive. And I'm like, yeah, politics and crime are intermingled, Vinny. You're in the FBI. <laughs> it feels yes, like it should not be a surprise to you. But his brother's a priest. But his and a, we've yeah, already okay. met his mother. You're right. And he does see the world very much in black and white. He can't imagine these these groups interacting. Yeah. You know, because back in his neighborhood, right? Yeah. There were the good guys and the bad guys. And the only ones who dealt with the good guys and the bad guys were the priests. So it was okay for his brother because his brother was a priest. And, of course, because they're all Roman Catholic. Yeah. You know, the brother can hear everything because he's got the confessional and he can't say anything. Yep. So, and, um, you know, it's this... it. It is a a strange sort of thing, and the that big dinner, well, yes, everybody comes to meet and greet and say hello mm-hmm. and and it's because you have to you don't necessarily have to do anything for anybody that's there, but just and it's true that just because somebody shows up there, they're not necessarily corrupt, yeah, as Harry would say, but I suspect Harry's di- Harry's definition of what constitutes corruption, corruption yes, is very different than, than what you what, or I or what Vinny would consider corruption. Or what Vinny, yeah, might. But Vinny, no, he's he is. I mean, he's, look, he went to Catholic elementary yeah. school. He went to Catholic high school. His brother is a friggin' Roman Catholic priest. He went to a Roman Catholic, Catholic university. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. Fordham. This man does not live outside of, and he lived with his mother. Yeah, for that whole time. I mean, I don't know if he lived with his mother when he was at university. Well, no, probably not. No, because, well, Fordham is a little ain't far that, away. It's not that close to, to where he lives in Jersey City. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you know so. Bron- oh, my God. The Bron- yes, the Bronx. Jesus Christ, Jersey City. Uh, yeah, Fordham might have been that. a bit of a schlep. Uh, that was on well, me. it would have been a bit been a schlep, right? Yeah. And so he's living in a Catholic, and he's a good boy. Well, and I think, and more to the point, I think Harry the Hunch would tell you that, like, unless people are actively pulling heists, they're not really criminals. <laughs> like all of the no. all of the political bribery and stuff, he would just he would just call that the cost of doing business. Yeah, that's <laughs> just the cost of doing business. Yeah, that's right? just how the world works. Unless you're actually pulling scores, you're not really a criminal. No. In the world of Harry the Hunch. So at the party, of course, is Don uh, Bagley, Joey Bags, and his daughter, Teresa. And uh, Sonny comes on to Teresa, as he did in the previous episode. So this is our first really good example of something being set up in a previous episode. Uh, The way Mm -hmm. the show, by the way, is going to learn to be way better at very soon. Uh, that's my biggest complaint about this first arc is that we don't meet characters early enough and they don't mm-hmm. set up stuff early enough and give stuff time to play out. But again, it's only nine episodes. So how much could they do? Right? Well, yes, it's only nine episodes. Plus they're, they're trying out a new format 
and yep. plus they ha still have to keep the uh, powers that be on board. Yeah. And what's very interesting is, so in the, at the same time that uh, Sonny is coming on to Teresa, uh, Vinny uh, sees this and he makes a crude comment about her. And mm -hmm. Sonny tells him to take a powder. And yeah. so so uh, Vinny wanders off and uh, the dinner ends. Vinny uh, does not ride back with Sonny because, again, they had just had a falling out. So he goes to get a paper across the street and he notices that... Uh, Mahoney. Yeah. Mahoney's is going talking, in to... Yeah. Mahoney's going yeah. to talk to uh, Patrice. Uh, Pat the Cat. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. Let's see where that's going. And uh, at the same time, this evidence, uh, we, we get this moment where uh, uh, where Sonny's like ever, uh, the old everybody's going over to pat the cat and maybe it's time for Vinny to join him, which, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, we get this beautiful scene of, Son of, Vin of, um, of uh, Sonny going to talk to Don Baglia to ask if he can marry Teresa, which is mm -hmm. a very nice scene. I really like that because, again, it's about do you value the old ways? Do you value tradition? Are you part of a society? Right? Are yeah. you part of a community? Because Don Bagley doesn't have any power anymore. He does not run a crew. He does not have an organization. He's right? retired. He's completely retired. But. And his daughter's, you know, not a criminal. And his son ain't much of a criminal. No, Aldo. Like basically, just Aldo's just coasting on his dad's name, basically. Yeah, and he always um, has been. And he's going to be, but I mean, the thing is, is that for Sonny to marry Teresa, and apparently this has been going on forever. Oh yeah, they've they've flirted and dated casually forever, so it's not forever. It's not a surprise that he would want to finally, if he was going to settle down, it's not at all surprised anyone that this would be the woman he would settle down with. Plus, of course, she's going, I mean, and she understands the business. Yeah, and that's key. And she's someone who can completely accept who he is because she's always grown up in the business. Yeah. And you don't talk business with your wife, but it's better if she knows what's going on. So she's not going to be shocked or dismayed or disgusted by what you do. And we get a wonderful scene where he, again, shows respect by acting for the Don's hand and finds out, you know, from the Don that, uh, they can't be friends anymore if he's his father-in-law, well, which I like. If he's his father-in-law, they can't be buddies, and that just makes perfect sense. Yeah, yes, really and like besides, that. Joey Bags wants grandchildren. Yeah, exactly. Just like uh, he wants children. Yeah, and and know? that's where we get we get the great scene where they bring in um, they they go to check out the venue where the wedding is going to be, and. <laughs> I, I just love how instantly Vinny does not like Aldo. <laughs> like, he's well, just, uh, like, I mean, part of um, it is an act, but just how can you like Aldo? <laughs> he's so well. I do, I do, I do. Though in the second half of this, well, this two-hour marathon, I mean, I can, I can appreciate sort of uh, like it. It's very interesting what's going on now, yeah. right? Because, you know, Vinny may not like Aldo, but I don't think Aldo particularly likes Vinny either. No, not at all. And because, and and yeah. Vinny, for Vinny, Aldo is is going to become a rival. Yep. Because, you know, and this is I the mean, key part, if, 
the agreement to marry Teresa is, you know, essentially the dowry or the, no, not dowry. The bride price is you got to bring, uh, you got to bring Aldo down to Atlantic City and teach him the casino trade. It's and, like, like bring and him what are you going to do for Aldo? Yeah. If you want to <laughs> marry my daughter, what are you going to do for Aldo? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's right there that it's like Aldo's a screw up. Because, yeah. you know, he had all like, and, you know, Aldo's a screw up because look at the position he's in. His father is the beloved Don Bagley. If he had what it took to run a family, he would have taken over the family business. Yeah. But he obviously doesn't have what it takes. Uh, and so that's why, you know, you got to find work for Aldo. Yeah. Is, is the big condition. So, yeah. Uh, but you're right. There's a there's a great thing because obviously the the fight between Vinny and uh the Vinny and Sonny was Sonny and Vinny wanting to see what people would do if it looked like they were on the outs because they know a war is mm -hmm. coming between him and Paul Patrice. Yeah. Right? They know a war is coming. Paul's made it perfectly clear what he wants. And he's just hasn't had, you know, an opportunity to kill uh Sonny yet. Not that he, you know, not that he hasn't tried his schemes so far, but he has now had an opportunity to kill Sonny, partially because Vinny's there looking out for him. And mm -hmm. so they're like, well, if it looks like they're ever falling out, maybe we can pull something. But at the same time, so narratively within that, and this is what I find interesting about the scene where they're going to check the venue, the country club where the wedding is going to be. What I find interesting is, yes, him being pissed off at Aldo is part of the character that he agreed to play with Sonny. Because, again, making it look like he's pissed off that Aldo's going to be surpassing him, mm -hmm. right, is another good reason to make it look like he's seducible, right? And look like he could be turned by Paul Patrice. But when you're watching that scene, like, is it just that he's playing up disliking Aldo to make him seem a better thing? Or does he genuinely, like think Aldo doesn't know what he's doing. And I feel like in addition, there is a level to which, well, whether or not I'm really a, a C, an FBI agent, like who's just undercover, I do take pride in my work and Aldo's screwing up. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Okay. That when you watch all of this, the first time. Yeah. And also, all those people who watch the whole thing on DVD. Yes. Um, yes, this just seems like Vinny Bing and Aldo's kind of screwing up. Because obviously, I would assume Sonny put him up to this discussion with Patrice. Oh, of course he did. You know, um, so obviously Sonny is, you know, has to use Aldo for certain things. Oh, yeah. And Aldo, I mean, Joey and Aldo are in the Bronx, are in New York. Yep. So, um, but when you watch that, but when you watched it the first time, and the problem is I watched it this time, and then I'm you come back to this, right? Mm -hmm. And things are changing here. Yeah. If he gets married, you know, what will happen to Vinny? What and you you think about those things as if somehow or another he's going to stay. Yeah, I know. Undercover all the time, like you're like like this is like what's what's going to happen to this relationship and such and things, right? But then when you can see the original episode nine, 
yeah. the way we watched it when we watched it on television the first time. Late at night on, you know, CBS the first time. Yeah, but we watched it and we got the original music and everything. Yeah. Okay. It, it does reshape some of this this segment. Well, and that's this what we'll whole talk relationship. about when we get to part nine. Yeah. yeah. But because but it it's very prob it's very problematic to explain that because it looks like you're coming out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. And when everybody has the DVDs yeah. and I you know, so you know nobody it's gets much- to see the original. No, that's true. All right. So let's, well, first off, now they do that. Thanks to Canal Fan 4587, everybody yeah. can watch the original version, but we'll talk about the importance of that scene. We're, we yeah, there. we're going to get to that um, later. The, but... uh, we get, we get the, another great scene talking about how incompetent Aldo is, where they're supposed to negotiate, uh, where they're supposed to negotiate who's going to be in charge of security for the, uh, for the yeah. wedding. And all and, Aldo. And Aldo screws it up by insulting, you know, uh, by insulting one of the families. And, you know, maybe those family, that family's not good at his job, but you're also supposed to be political about this stuff. <laughs> and then Paul Patrice suggests that Mahoney, who, remember, is Sonny's Goomba. Right? And, and Vinny's Goomba. And Vinny's Goomba. Suddenly, uh, Paul Patrice thinks it's fine if Mahoney handles security. And you're like, uh-oh, what's going on here? Yeah. And this is when uh and this is where things get unbelievably interesting. Because Sonny says, maybe go over and uh let Paul, right? Uh let Paul think that uh, you know, uh let Paul think that maybe you might be willing to work for him in a new uh in a new organization where New York is running all of the New Jersey action. And it gets really good because Vinny reports this to Frank, and Frank is like, yeah, uh, you know, go work for... <laughs> Patrice. <laughs> go work for Patrice. This is a great idea. And then things get really dark because Patrice, you know, runs into Vinny in a uh, bar, of course, because Vinny goes up to Brooklyn to visit his mother, and Patrice... Uh, and he either goes to a bar where he thinks he'll run into Patrice or Patrice makes a point of seeking him out. Uh, we don't know exactly which it is. There's a great moment where uh, Patrice's right-hand man, uh, his Vinny, essentially, yeah. has said that there's a good chance that Terranova could be brought over to their cause. And I love that Sid immediately is like, no, they're like brothers. No way on earth. Yeah. Would Vinny, like, would Vinny ever turn on uh, Sonny, Steelgrave? Yeah. And then uh, they follow that right up with they know they have to make this good. And so there's a scene where Sonny asks Vinny to go pick up uh, Aldo and bring him back. And Vinny, you know, makes a big show of being like, I'm not a driver anymore. Have one of the guys do it and storms off. Mm-hmm. And that is enough. Right. Yeah. To, for Patrice. To, yeah. For uh, yeah. I mean, for, for Patrice, yeah. But for Sid Royce to believe that for there Sid is Royce, tension yeah. coming up o- between them over the wedding. So yeah, it's it's all very well written and very well set up. And again, it's all a scheme that they're uh, that they're pulling. But what Patrice asked Sonny to do, uh, uh, sorry, asked Vinny to do, is to get some guns into the event uh, hall. So that they can kill Sonny at 9 a.m. on the day of the wedding. 
Uh, and of course, Vinny says, sure, I'll do it. And this is where it gets great because logically he was there to find that out. And he was there to tell, uh, he was going to tell Sonny and then, you know, Sonny was going to do what Sonny's going to do. And that's his instinct. But he goes to Frank first and Frank says, don't tell Sonny because if you tell Sonny that Patrice is going to hit him, then he's just going to kill Patrice. And it's going to screw up our plan to arrest everybody at once for conspiracy to murder Sonny, right? And all and get them all in their racketeering Rico, start flipping people and just go in and get it. It was yeah. a great plan, but it puts him in this incredibly awkward situation. And this is where we get the great Carlotta scene where you're like, oh, this is where the black and white stuff comes from. Yeah. He goes <laughs> and he talks to his mother about this because on yes. one side, my boss, right? Both of my bosses are telling me to betray people. Like, Frank is telling me to betray Sonny. Sonny is telling me to go pretend go in with Patrice to fake betray him. Like, and I don't know what's up and down and black and, uh, like, what, what where up is and where down is. Nothing makes sense to me anymore. And so Carlotta says, uh, you know, do you love Sonny? Like, do you actually care about him? And he's like, yeah, I do. And she says that he's a fool. And uh, Sonny's a bad man. And what does it matter if he's good to his family if he kills somebody else's family? Yeah. And that sounds good. Well, <laughs> it, the but, world's a hell of a lot more complicated than that. Yes, but the yeah. world may be a hell of a lot more complicated than that. But that is the line. Yeah, drawn. that is the line. Exactly. And I'm, I, you know, I mean, given that I have in some ways i have been accused of having lines that i will not cross yeah uh, not by you and stuff but like no. in, in very strange situations and yeah. it's like you know somebody once said you're the most i can't imagine anyone else having done that and i mean i just did what was right as far as i was concerned FYI, and she can't give the details, but she's talking about all of the many times she's had to support people uh, who have been sexually harassed or abused in a professional setting and then had her career destroyed by it over and over again. Obviously, for privacy sakes, she can't she give may, you the she details may write. any of this. You never know. Never you might write. write a book about it, who can say? But let's just say that Sheila here has had a literal lifetime of having a career setback because she did the right thing vis-a-vis -vis protecting people from sexual abusers. Okay, yeah. And yeah. that's true. Multiple times. No, and, it's, the it's and the funny thing is, is that the, the, the thing that went in, but you're absolutely right, but the thing that went in my head yeah. was, was the situation when I was doing um, hospice work. Oh, God, the hospice work was... You know, and yeah, that was also then, a terrible situation. It was a terrible situation, and then my and I, I, I certainly had a couple of sleepless nights before I went to the executive director. Yeah, and then afterwards, after it was all over, because it was a freaking mess, because yeah. uh, you know, blah blah blah, you get accused of all sorts of things. No, you are taking care of very sick people. You don't go to work stoned. It's that yeah. simple. Where is the ethical? There is a right and a I wrong. Know. You don't go to work stoned. Particular, maybe, maybe if you were just watching cameras, you can go to work stoned. <laughs> you are taking care of people who are dying. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I know. Okay. And never mind. I mean, that was 
that's and that you were the... right to be upset about it. I I liked my example more, but oh yes, you know. your example. Well, your example is just like par for the course, and it's just like <laughs> again, no. And you say it's par for the course, but only only for you. There are so many people who would look the other way to protect their career. So it's well, not par for the course. The stuff. No, I know there are so many people, and then when I when I think. Okay. But Never mind. That we're, this show is not about me. Exactly. And my we're not going and, to, and your own stuff. So we're not going down that rabbit hole. I just want to point out that I understand that there are lines that you're right that there are lines that people don't want to cross. Okay. And Carlotta is just, but yeah. I mean, Carlotta is sort of the extreme. And what has happened is, is for whatever reason, remember, I mean, Pete seems to have a more nuanced oh, he view of the does. world. We're going to talk about that next week. Yeah, you know, whereas whereas Sunny, yeah, Vinny, right, and and Sunny we've already Vinny. seen that with with Pete and and Gina, like Sunny somehow or another thinks that he can separate things, that he can keep these Again, lives you're separate. About, you're talking about Vinny, not Sunny. I mean uh, Vinny. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Vinny. That Vinny can somehow or another keep this, and of course, Carlotta says, "Well, do you care about this man?" then you're a fool. Now, it's a very blunt assessment, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard because we have been watching Sunny, and it's been at least six or eight months. Yep. Okay, that comes out. Mm -hmm. And Carlotta, yes, she's right. But when you're involved in a relationship, right, and... And you see it's all of the good parts simple. about a person. It's not as simple to say, well, he does this one thing. That makes him a bad guy. And Yeah, except well, that Sonny does lots of things. He does lots of things. But, but, he's but also, Vinny joins him. Yeah, Vinny joins him in all of these things. And by and large, and this is the conversation we're going to go to, we might end up disagreeing on this in a minute. I don't know that she is right. But that's a conversation we're going to get to in a minute. Right? Uh, I don't know that she is right about in her 100% restrictive. There's only one way for morality. There's only one way for the world to work. This is something we might disagree on. We'll find out when we get there. Uh, but the point is it's time for the, it's time for the wedding. And (laughs) Paul Patrice is invited to be, uh, Sonny's best man because of course he is right. It's uh, another nice scene. And we get, uh, and we find out what Frank's plan is. Frank's plan is to get a uh, get a video deck recording the banquet hall where the um, guys uh, are meeting. Yeah, where all the guys are meeting, where all the guys are meeting and having you know the bachelor, the bachelor party beforehand. Party. Right, get a deck in there in case anything happens. But more importantly, the plan is uh, rush in there at not um, right, rush in there at seven thirty in the morning, arrest everybody. Keep the hit from happening, but catch them all with their illegal weapons and their planning, and he'll be able to testify against them. And it's a good plan, right? But key to that, again, is don't tell. Under no circumstances do you tell Sonny what's happening, because we don't want there to be a bloodbath. Yeah. And we find out that, oh, by the way, in addition to Sonny, uh, Aldo Baglia is also working for Paul Patrice. No, in addition to Vinny. You're in doing addition it to Vinny, now. now I'm doing it. It's terrible. Uh, in addition to Vinny, right? Uh, yeah, Aldo Baglia has also gone over to Pat the Cat. 
And the plan is, as he's told right away, we get that great line from Paul Patrice where he's like, I can't stand betrayal. Make sure after we whack, when we whack Sonny, you kill Vinny too. Yeah. Because I would never work with a Judas. He says, to a guy betraying his future brother-in-law. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, they're, they're, again, with... Uh, and Aldo is still a Baglia. He's still a Baglia. And yeah. Sonny is not family yet. That's so... <laughs> so you're right. Under he a very been... warped interpretation of facts, uh, maybe you can say that... Uh, that Aldo is not as much of a betrayer as Vinny is, but it still lives in a world. It, it still gives you the sense that Paul Patrice lives in a world where nothing really matters, and he'll say whatever he needs to say to win. Oh yeah, you know, uh, fundamentally he doesn't have values, and yeah, but neither does Sonny. No, I don't. Um, well, again, we're going to talk about that going forward. At the end of the day, I don't know if Sonny is that bad of a guy. But we're about to get to the end of the day, so we'll get there. We get the party. Uh, we get the party. It's a great bit. Uh, you know, it, it seems like a fun party. Everyone had a nice dinner. They relaxed to the banquet hall for some cigars. And Sonny e gives a speech, right, about essentially about the situation in the mob right now, about how people feel like we're all on edge and all isolated. And then he and Aldo murder. Paul Patrice and Patrice's right-hand man. And it is shocking. He garrots. Uh, he he garrots at the cat, which is a rough thing to watch. And his right-hand man gets shot. And it turns out that, yeah, he and Mahoney had been planning this. He and Mahoney and even Manza had been planning this. So all the stuff about how Sonny, how, uh, Sonny has to seem like he's strong and in power... All of that stuff from last episode was because Mahoney needed to get everybody else on side to move against New York, yeah. right? And Patrice, and they were only going to be on side if they really believed that Sonny could handle things. Yeah. And that's why Joey Romanowski got his voice box smashed. And I mean, it's it's crazy that there is like that level of stuff going on here. But yeah, the reason this guy got brutalized is because Sonny needed to make sure everyone thought he can handle things no matter what. Like, if things get rough, Sonny has it. Like, Sonny has it on lock. And he needed that to be the way he was thought of because they were planning this decapitation move of the number one guy in the New York mob. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And so then uh, they put away his body. They throw his body in an ice chest. Uh, you know, the party continues. The girls come in. Because, of course, there are prostitutes. It's a party. Uh, gradually, people taper off. And over a, you know, six-hour period, the party dwindles down until the only two people left in the room are Vinny and Sonny. And then you get a moment where you got these, you get chills. Like, it is the best way to end a cliffhanger I've maybe ever seen, where just Sonny looks at him and says, why didn't you tell me that Pat was going to hit me? Yep. And that's a really good question. And that's where the episode ends. Yep. 
uh, where Vinny can't get to a phone. He's got, uh, you know, an hour until the cops get here. And Sonny wants to know why Vinny just tried to have him killed. That's how you end an episode. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. All this time we've just been talking about one episode. This is all one episode. Yeah. It's so much happens. Like, it's crazy. I know it's a 40 minute, a 48 minute episode, so it's not like most TV we watch. But, like, even the fact that they have an extra six minutes over TV that's made today, there's just so much content in here. Again, we didn't even talk about, like, the most important moment for Sonny and his character, maybe in the entire show so far, where Teresa says, why are you finally asking me to marry you? Yeah. And Sonny gets 100% honest and vulnerable. He's finally scared to die. He looks at what happened with Dave. Like, his brother, who he thought was always going to be buddies with, he's dead. He's been dead a year. And as uh, Sonny says, nobody even talks about him anymore. Yeah. And he's the last steel grave, and he doesn't want his line to disappear. And so he begs Teresa to marry him and give him sons so that they can have, you know, steel graves going on into the future. Like, and again, even she is taken aback by how honest he is in that scene. Yes, well, what's very interesting she's, is that she starts it with, Sonny, I love you. I'm going to marry you anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But why are you marrying me? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's beautiful. Because she, well, because she knows that yeah. is it is it to consolidate his position. Yeah, does. I mean, she, yeah. as she says, I'm going to marry you anyway. Yeah. And then, of course, it gets very complicated and he just tells her straight out the truth. Yeah. About why he's willing to marry her. Why he's finally going to settle down in his place. Well, yes. Well, yes. And it it was time. It, oh, no, it, was, it was absolutely time. time. But that's you the know? thing. is, She <laughs> just thinks this is a 100% political move. Right? And yeah. that by consolidating his power in the Bronx, by marrying into the Baglias and moving Aldo down, right? And he'll be the prince of Atlantic City. It'll keep, you know, it'll keep New York out of New Jersey. And it's a completely reasonable thing for him to do, but she doesn't understand how vulnerable he is at the moment. That his vulnerability isn't just about the business. It's about his legacy, his name, yeah, well, about nobody, the history of nobody his Nobody knows that, right? Well, nobody knows it. Well, I think Except Vinny for can Vinny. suspect it. Yeah, Vinny suspects it, you know, and yeah. Mahoney might even suspect it a little. But nobody really knows how seriously... Like, uh, Sonny is thinking about the future at this point. And that's why, again, it's such a great scene. And to have, the, like, him be so vulnerable to his future wife and have her, like, be so surprised and taken aback that she would get this kind of vulnerability. Because, again, she's grown up in this ridiculously hyper-masculine environment. Yeah. Where all of the men always have a front on all of the time. So it's just kind of amazing for her to finally be, like, true and honest and one-on-one with a man. You know, maybe for the first time in her life. <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, you had the opinion that, like, you had the feeling that she's just been waiting for Sonny. Oh, absolutely. That at one day she has known within the structure of this that Sonny would marry her. Yeah, that is clearly and the he was going to of have all of their to, scenes. Yes, and he would have to do it before she got too old to have the children. (laughs) Yeah. 
So, so yeah, there was a clock yeah. on that relationship. There was a clock on it anyway. And he probably, and it was probably, a, it was going to happen anyway in the next couple of years. Yeah, but he but, just decided, no, I have to do it now. Yeah, I have to do it now. And I mean, honestly, the timing worked out perfectly with what he wanted to pull against uh, Pat the Cat anyway. So, like, I mean, yeah, there's a political element to this mess- uh, to this marriage. There absolutely yeah. is. But there's also, like, something true and honest about the marriage. He does love her, right? To the extent that someone like Sonny, I think, can. <laughs> can love anyone. It's not like he's going to be faithful to her. No, of course not. No, no. And or honestly, anything. Would she really expect him to? <laughs> no, I don't think she does. It's she, the life. As she says. You know? yeah. It's the life and you don't talk about work with your women exactly. folk. He, Sonny makes that perfectly clear. She well, perfectly and there's a understands line. it. And there is a line coming up um, that's kind of important that they're going to come back to later. And it's her statement that Augustus Caesar was the best yes. Caesar because he had the greatest wife. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, but how'd that end up for him? Like, because guess what? The people who came after were not fantastic. <laughs> like, they were really not fantastic. Well, yes, but that's the that's the emperor. Yeah, but yeah. they don't think long term. The emperor problem. I mean, he was there for he was on top for forty years. He was, and, he was and but and... but I tell you, people kept dying around him every yep. time he would would have errors and things like that. You know, and no wonder they thought that Livia had poisoned people. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and like, and who knows, right? But I mean, I know that going to I Claudius is you know not fair because it's a it's a book. And not a work of history. But at the same time, enough people died around them. And, you know, he died in a way that it's like, you really feel like Livia was making her own moves. Well, yeah, but she was already, but he was, he would have had been already in his 60s. He was in his 60s when he died. You know, I mean. She poisoned him too. I'm just saying, like, she was perfectly positioned for her people to take over when he died. Well, yeah, and that that would make sense, but right. Yeah. But all I'm saying with that is that it's it, it it doesn't matter how benevolent a dictator you've got. Oh, having a dictator every is never time, a good idea. Yeah. When every time, I mean, all you have to do is look at Tito and Yugoslavia. Yeah. There the is no Yugoslavia anymore. Yeah. No, but it's like having a dictator. It's not going to be stable when it comes to time um, for a transition. And yeah. honestly, it's not going to be st- that stable when he's running things, even if he's the best dictator in the world. Well, no, and Livia's a fascinating character. And spoiler alert, this that line from her is going to inspire something two seasons from now. Yeah, well. But we'll talk about it when we get there. When we like, get there, you know? Eye. You, so, yeah, you've watched this thing so often. I have watched it so often. I can't wait for everybody else to see the episodes I'm Yes, I know. About. In the meantime, we've got all these other good episodes so it's in between. On the way. All right, let's get to it. This is it. <laughs> Nobody gets out of here alive. Uh, the final episode of the arc. It opens with Sonny giving, again, Sonny and Vinny having an incredible interaction. And again, I can't believe they weren't getting nominated for Emmys for this stuff. Yeah, I because know. The case Vinny makes for why he didn't tell Sonny sounds like it is such a brilliantly written case. Where the fact is, like, because he makes the argument that it's like, no, I didn't tell you. 
because fundamentally you and Paul were getting into a war that was about your egos and both of you were treating me like a pawn. And the fact is, the only person who didn't think I was expendable was me. So I decided to take a step back out of the fight you two were having. And the thing is, he makes a good case. Yep. That it's like, it's not my job. Like, it'd be one thing if you told me what was going on. But you're asking me to lay down my life for you, and I don't even know what's happening. Like, he makes a really strong case. And... And the thing is, you get this moment from Sonny where Sonny doesn't even plan on killing Vinny. Yep. That's the crazy part. And after it's only all in that this. moment, you're like, after all this, he really does love Vinny as if he were family. To the point where, like, it's it's the code of family. He's not going to kill his own family member. And by the way, fun fact. Do you know this is the, the biggest fight that... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, God. Mario Puzo had with Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. And oh, it was when what's Ford his face killed Freddy? Fredo. Fredo, yeah. He said that under no circumstances would Michael ever kill Fredo. Yeah. That what would happen is, in this world, and the kind of guy Michael is, Fredo would be put out to pasture. Yep. Like, he would never touch the business. He would never be anywhere near it. Like, he would never be near a meeting. He would be like a wife or a child. Yeah. Which is the, the worst thing that can happen to a man in that society. Duh. And he would just be like a guy who lived in Reno in a house and would only see Michael at family events. And yep. he's like, that is what would happen. And, uh, and, you know, Francis Ford Coppola said, no, but for the end of the movie, he has to kill Freya. Because he has to completely, like, we have to make him into a complete monster. There has to be no humanity left in Michael Corleone, is, was his pitch and his idea. And so Mer the way they compromised was, he's like, he, okay, but under no circumstances can we kill Fredo while their mother is still alive. Yeah. And so that's why they have the mother's funeral before Fredo dies. But yeah, that's what he feels about Vinny. And so he tells Vinny to just run and hide somewhere. Yeah. Right? And, you know, so that on the nights when I get really pissed off that you were my Judas, that I don't send or somebody my, to hit yeah. you. Or, you know, my Brutus, that's it, because he got, you're right, it's not Judas. He says you Brutus, because they're me. all, all of them, well, not only stab him in the back, but because they're all obsessed with Roman history. All of these guys think they're Caesars. <laughs> They really do. And like they have but this. It was, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but somebody said the Judas line. Oh, somebody says Judas, but he specifically says, "I can't I believe you're says, my Brutus." Yeah. Because you you stabbed me in the back. Yeah, because he stabbed him in the back, and he did. Yeah. He absolutely did, and that's the thing. And then Fredo comes in to collect uh, Pat's body and offers Sonny a gun, and he's like, "I'm not going to need a gun," because that's the thing. Nobody gets their relationship. Then he's like, because. Aldo even assumes that Sonny's gonna kill Vinny, but Sonny never would. Yeah. You you just you just you just um correlated Fredo and Aldo. Yeah, I did come well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I apologize, but there's one hundred percent. You know, we we all know who like... inspired the character of Aldo Baglia. Yeah. Like we all know who the inspiration for that character is. Yeah. Although he turns out to be a much better guy than Fredo ever did. Yeah. And it, in the end, he is 100% on board with his family. So he carts the body away, 
right? And he puts him into a catering truck and he drives off. And then as he's driving off, he sees all of the cars coming. All the cop uh, cars. All the cop cars coming to bust up the wedding. And then you get a great moment uh, right before that happened. We should have talked about it. We see Frank and Daryl preparing for the raid. And Frank is giving them the briefing that fundamentally these are upper class criminals. There's no need to have a gunfight. These guys don't want to get in a shooting match. They want to just pay their lawyers to keep them out of jail. So as long yeah. as you stay chill, everything like everybody else will stay chill too. And then you get a key moment where A, Daryl doesn't understand why he gave that speech. Because who cares if people get shot? Because Daryl understands, I know this is crazy, but Daryl understands that having winning a gunfight with the mob is good PR for him as yes. the head of the FBI. Like if if he can portray the mob as bloodthirsty gangsters that the heroic FBI is shooting, it's like Daryl wouldn't mind it if there was a gunfight. But at the same time, Daryl is also not going on the raid. <laughs> He's like, I think I'll stay back here. Like, I'll I'll stay back here yeah, and coordinate I'll... from the state police barracks. Whereas Frank's got a shotgun and puts on the bulletproof vest. Yeah. Because say what you uh, will about Frank, he lives up to his obligations in a way that Daryl ne does not necessarily do. So Aldo calls the calls Sonny. He says the cops are on the way. And then at that moment, uh, at that moment, he looks at Vinny. And Vinny realizes he's just heard the cops are on the way. And entirely based, they know each other so well that entirely based on the expression on Vinny's face, he knows that Vinny's a cop. Yep. It's such a great moment. Uh, and then we get the car chase where, uh, where Sonny steals a, uh, a convertible and Vinny steals the pickup truck they use to gather golf balls on the driving range. You know, with the roller up front. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. Know, <laughs> I, I don't know if people have seen this thing. It's great. It's got a little roller at the front, oh. and it rolls it on the ground, and the golf balls get pushed into it, and then they can't get back out. Yeah. It's very neat. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of neat. And the, so they have a car chase. They drive through town. We get a great scene where Sonny tries to buy gasoline for the car. Yeah. And it's just a full-on comedy scene in this episode, which is otherwise very serious. Where he is uh he is trying to drive and the car keeps telling him he's out of gas and he keeps telling the car to shut up. I just I love that scene. As <laughs> well, then he goes and he tries to buy gas, but Vinny comes and interrupts him, so he drives off, and the two of them end up uh he runs out of gas finally right outside of a movie theater. He runs inside, because again, what's he going to do? He's out, literally out of options. Vinny runs in after him. And then in the show's big contrivance, yes. the guy who was closing <laughs> up, yeah, the guy who was closing up the theater for the season is wearing headphones, so he didn't hear them drive up, and he locks the door and he walks off. Why that guy doesn't notice that there are suddenly two cars parked in yeah, the parking is... lot? You know what? Maybe he was smoking pot at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that would have been okay in that job. Oh, absolutely. 
the the guy working to clean up and close up a movie theater for the season. Get as high as you want. <laughs> no notes. You do you. Uh, and so they chase each other into the theater and we finally get the fist fight we've been yes. waiting for that they've been promising we were going to get since the first episode. And it's a good fist fight. Like, it takes them all over the theater. They're punching, they're kicking, they're grappling, they're smashing each other's heads into things. And it's like, they're really just trying to tear each other apart because there's, again, they're physically acting on all of the emotional stuff that's going on here. Yeah. It's not adrenaline just about, and... Yeah, there's so much adrenaline. There's so much anger. They've both been up for 24 hours at this point. At least. At maybe least. more. Maybe, yeah, like you say, maybe they've been up for longer than 24 hours. So it is a fight. It is a brutal fight. It goes on and on and on. And finally, they just, like, beat each other into submission and collapse and, like, sleep for hours? It appears, yeah, because everything, all sorts of stuff is going on back at the back yeah. at the ranch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does the, uh, Frank does the raid. It's completely successful. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention that this entire time, Sid Royce has been locked up in a closet. In a closet. <laughs> yeah, they didn't kill Sid Royce right away. They decided to give him overnight to think about the fact that he was going to die. And so he was locked in a closet uh, this entire time. And so uh, Sid Royce offers to... Uh, you know, offers to turn state's evidence and give them the entire organization because he doesn't want the mob to kill him. The monsters, yeah. for their part, are like, there's no way to get away from us. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Honestly. Honestly, come on. You're not going to get away from us. It's just not going to happen. Uh, which is a nice bit from Mahoney. Mm -hmm. We get a wonderful scene where, uh, uh, where Teresa comes up and she screams <laughs> and hits Frank. For doing this on day. her wedding day. This is not the kind of crap you pull on somebody's wedding day. <laughs> which is great. Which is fantastic. Send the uh, women home. <laughs> yeah, send, send the women home. And uh, and again, you get a great moment where Frank threatens to have Teresa arrested for hitting him. And, uh, and Don Baglia says, no, I'm not going to tell you where Sonny is or what happened to Pat Patrice, even for my daughter, I wouldn't rat to the cops. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn. I, I mean, I don't think they charge her with anything. It was emotionally, <laughs> you know, it was an emotionally charged moment, but it's good to know that that's where the Dawn is coming from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That yeah. tells you what family his, means. Yeah. Family means there's, the, there's family. Yeah. But then there's not talking to the cops above family. Yeah. I like that. And at the meanwhile, we uh, see that night, because again, remember, Sonny and Vinny are just out for hours and hours and hours. We actually check in with uh, with Aldo burying yeah, was, the body. But that was a really good scene. Really good scene. And a, another scene that where the song was cut. There's an interesting note where even in the DVD version, they couldn't cut one of the songs because the whole song... Sonny sings along to the entire song. Yes. So you'd have to cut two minutes out of the episode. Yeah. Interestingly, that also happens in the Aldo scene. In the version on Canal Fan 4587's um, channel, you're going to be able to see that in that scene, instead of just generic rock playing in the stereo, it was playing, uh, that's the sound of the men working on the chain gang. Yep. 
and yeah. Aldo sings along very badly. Yeah. Has trouble staying on beat, doesn't know the lyrics, but he's having a great time burying this body so he doesn't care. Yeah. And then just to give us one final ugh moment, he notices that Paul has a really nice diamond ring on. So he takes out his knife to cut off Paul's finger. And yes, we it. don't see it, but you know it's it. happening. Oh. <laughs> Aldo. Aldo, Aldo, Aldo. <laughs> Finally, we get back to Vinny and Sonny. And they've had their fight, and they're both exhausted. And so now Sonny is just turned into a petulant child. He just... He goes, and he gets... You know, he goes, and he gets a drink. Right? And he starts, you know, yelling at, uh, and he's just, he just starts yelling at Sonny because it is uh, all Vinny. about, sorry, at Vinny. Oh my God. Yelling at <laughs> See, Vinny. See, I'm because, not the only one doing I this. Know, we both do it. It's terrible. Uh, he starts yelling at Vinny because again, he betrayed him. Like, and it's just like betrayal. And why would you do this to me? You know, I was just trying to live my life in an honorable way and all of that. And, and Sonny, you know, gets back and is like, you know, what about all of the damage you cause? You know, what about all this? And they have a debate about, you know, whether, and it comes down to whether or not Sonny is a good guy, whether or not there is any value in Sonny in the world. And I mean, obviously we know what Vinny's position is, but the great part is Sonny tries to come up with a, re like he tries to invent a motive for Vinny to have come after him because on one fundamental level, he can't believe that Vinny is just a good cop. He can't believe that anyone is really a good cop. That someone is really devoted to law and order. Like, he, he doesn't, that doesn't enter his head. So he immediately concocts, he's like, okay, what did your dad do? Was he a connected guy? And apparently we find out that Mr. Terranova uh, drove a bread truck, a bread delivery truck. And so Sonny's immediate thought is, okay, well, if he was running a bread truck, obviously he picked up numbers. Because everybody in the neighborhood ran numbers. Everybody plays the lottery. So he ran numbers. And then he would go and he would have meetings. And maybe you get moved up to the, the phone action where you can real make money taking bets. And Vinny's like, no, this isn't about him. This isn't about me. This is about you. But he also defends his father. No, oh, of course he defends his father. And he said, no, yeah. like you're, you're just making up stuff to justify your own there like, we go yeah. to justify your own worldview and your belief that everyone is corrupt and that's just not the way it is like they live and in this scene we're finding out that the two of them this entire time have been living in entirely different worlds you know <laughs> because Vinny lives in a world where he believes if the law is there and we enforce the law we can have a polite civil society and Sonny lives in a world where at the end of the day, you look out for your own, and that's the only protection you ever have. Yeah. And I think, based on the state of the world, we can make a statement about which one of them is actually right. And I suspect it's not Vinny. But we'll get there. Uh, then we get another, uh, an incredibly important scene, because Vinny has taken this to heart. and. Sonny turns on the, the jukebox. jukebox and he sings all of Dr. Doctor, which yeah. is delightful. Yeah. And we get this scene where he smashes up the place. Yeah, because, and he's drinking. And... and he's getting drunk and he's smashing up the place. And he's just 
he so knows that it's over. He knows it's over. And so all he can do is just try and express the frustration. And he can't talk about it and he can't cry. So he breaks things. And you may recall this is exactly what happened in Citizen Kane. When he finds out that he's not going to be governor, he can't cry and he knows it's over. So he just starts smashing everything. Yeah. And it's the exact same motivation. It's the exact same kind of character thing. And you could even call it a reference to Citizen Kane if you wanted to. I don't know if I'd go that far. But it's no, the I same, wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but it's the same motivation. Just, yeah. Come on. It's the same motivation. And that's what that's I mean. All. Basically, it's a deflection. Right. It's, it and it's typical. We we talk about this consistently about patriarchal and men. Yeah. They, they can't they can't deal with their emotions. They can only hit. Yeah. They're not allowed to have an outlet for their emotions. So, so therefore they, they violence. this is it. Yeah. Violence is the way the you only, react to yeah, disappointment, disappointment for yeah. doing something wrong. Because, you know, I mean. He still doesn't know. And that's the interesting thing at this point. He still doesn't know yeah. that that he there's has been filmed, that there's, yeah, that a, there's tape. a tape. He's still looking Pat for Patrice. a way out. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, and you're right. He's still looking for a way out and he still imagines there's a way out. And so all of this anger and all of this frustration is because he can't, the the thing motivating it, you're right, is not the career stuff. It's not the work stuff. It's not the mob stuff. It's that he can't tell Vinny how much he is hurt. And so yeah. he breaks things because yeah. he can't say, I'm hurt. And that's why the next song that plays is so important. And why it being cut out of the uh, episode is the worst edit. I mean, apart from the second season where there are seven episodes they don't show because of music rights. Well, yeah, but, but it's the worst. But that's a whole other conversation. But it's the worst episode. And what plays is Nights in White Satin. You're like, why a Moody Blues song? Why Nights in White Satin? And it's because if you play Nights in White Satin, you can have a chorus that is just a guy saying, I love you over and over again. And while that's happening, you can do close ups of Vinny, Vinny and Sonny staring <laughs> at each other because the song is saying what they're not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And when you go, because after I finished watching, I went back and I looked at the DVD. Without, again. and it doesn't work. It and doesn't it just, work. And you're just going, yeah, it's why anybody who watches that scene wouldn't have any idea why it's there because you have to have, I love you. Over and over. <laughs> over again. and over again. And Vinny and loves Sonny and Sonny and Vinny, loves Vinny and, and, and it's the Sonny close never ups takes, all the time. And Sonny never <laughs> takes his eyes off of Vinny. And Vinny can't look at Sonny. That's the key in that scene. He can't meet Sonny's got eyes. For, for any length gets, of time. Because every yeah, now and no, then he tries he to look at him. You know, he looks at him and then he looks away. And he looks at yeah. him and then he looks away. And at the end of the thing, he finally starts facing up to the fact that he betrays Sonny and the and the scene ends and the commercial break comes with him looking at Sonny. But it takes yes. him the whole song to be yeah. able to look Sonny in the eyes. Yeah. And then uh, we get the grand finale. Yes. The cops fi finally figure out, they find the stolen vehicles, they figure out what they are, they come to see him. And Sonny starts, as you say, managing things. 
Because fundamentally, he's a boss and his job is to manage things. He's like, fundamentally, what am I looking at? And it's like, I've got tax evasion. I've got fraud. I've got intimidation. I don't have a major record. Um, it's going to be RICO if it's federal. It's going to be, what is it, the Mauhaus Amendment if it's state? <laughs> you get that clear moment. It's like, wait, are you a state or are you a local cop? Yeah. We never actually was... talked about that. <laughs> Are you are you a state one. or are you a federal cop? Are you state yeah. or are you federal or your local cop? And then it, you get again, great all time line reading is I can't believe you're a cop. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe Well, you. no. The, and that gives us that that sort of all of the things that Vinny has probably done for Sonny. Exactly. All of the stuff again, The two of them Sonny have done together. He killed a guy for Vinny. He got revenge for Vinny. Yeah. He did that for him, you know. Like it's, it's but a then big there's deal. all the stuff that Vinny is, has Vinny probably has done, done that oh, we no, don't see. Done, oh yeah, no, he is. He has tuned people up. He might have killed people. It wouldn't surprise me to find out that he has killed people yeah. for Sonny. Like, yeah, we again, discussed that earlier. We discussed yeah, that in the yeah. past. But his the the English he puts on the line. I can't believe you're a cop. Yeah. Really does extra sell the idea that yeah, Vinny probably killed some guys for him, yeah. and not just in the gunfights they got into. No. So mm. something the show doesn't really address, but seems to be subtext. And, oh, there's and then, there's a whole stack of subtext in this. Yeah, I in, know, in right? this last you know this last the finale thing, right? And then and then Vinny and then Vinny says, but finally I, tells him tells him there was a tape and where was it and Vinny says and why did you do this i had arranged it so you were gonna get off he had planned everything with frank so that it was gonna look like all of the other mobsters were conspiring to kill sunny and maybe sunny would have gotten hit for tax evasion or whatever but everybody else was going down for conspiracy to commit murder yeah you know (laughs) Sonny would have been the last man standing. And that's what Vinny did for him. Yeah. And Sonny, again, as I said, he blew it. He had to engage, like, he had to satisfy his need for vengeance. He yeah. had to get Pat for everything Pat had done to him. and Including what, killing his brother, of course. Well, he, he wasn't complete. No, he was not involved in the killing of the brother. He just kissed, swooped in. That well, was, The death of Dave Steelgrave was yes. a fluke. But he yeah. just swooped in and took advantage of it. But he's done plenty of stuff. He has done plenty of things to to screw over Sonny. So, like, uh, as as they said, uh, this is what a life, you know, of not respecting people gets you. And it's the and that is his line as he holds the head of dead uh, Paul Patrice in his hands. It's like this is what you know if what a life without respect looks like. Yeah. It ends here and. Then we get the speech and the conversation and the first time they actually talk about morality because Sonny makes, and I'm going to say it, a good case for why he's not the bad guy here. Well, uh, he makes a, yeah, okay. It's not that he's not the bad guy here. It's just that he's no worse. Yes. And that's like, I don't think part. that he, I but think you're right. That, it's not that he's not, you're right. It's not that he's not the bad guy. No. It's that he, the idea that he is somehow worse than yeah. people that the U.S. government gives a pass to. Yeah. Like like Vinny. Yeah. Like Vinny. <laughs> right? Because they'll Vinny's give Vinny a pass, a pass for whatever for he does. Everything he did. And it's like the idea that he is somehow worse and worth signaling out. Yeah. Is kind of ludicrous because he says what he says. And it's like, 
you and Vinny says, you've killed people. You killed a man right in front of me. And Sonny's response is, yes, and I do it again. I would not send children halfway across the world to die in a jungle. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, damn. Well, no, and it is the first, like it, all of it makes, like once, here's the thing. When we start doing these podcasts, we start seeing things slightly differently than we would have when we were just watching well than we have when we've watched it because yes i mean it, it's not that i haven't heard that line before and it's not that i didn't think right and but now i'm thinking in terms of canal yeah. you know i'm thinking in terms of bigger because we will get more and we will revisit this right this A line that, like that this single line from sunny yeah. Is going to, is, is essentially making a thesis statement for the for, entire for the entire season and a lot of Canal's, you know, oeuvre on its own. And this is the man who created the A-Team, which is yeah. literally about Vietnam veterans who are betrayed by their government yeah. and turned into criminals when all they ever did was do, was kill the people the government told them to kill. And they get turned in, and they get turned into criminals and hunted for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I mean it's it's a darker show than people often think about the A Team. The A Team was well, yeah, because it's so pleasant and happy and cheery. But at its core, it's a story about people that the government hung out to dry. Mm -hmm. And you do know that it's just that they have managed to create for themselves a world where they can survive. Yeah, and in it, it stays in this pleasant world. And it doesn't really get into the darker stuff, but there's a sub, there's an undercurrent there. And here, yeah. Sonny's statement is is true because what he says is, "This is about taxes. This is about I will pay taxes. Yeah, the, the government, government says yeah. I should. Yeah, the government thinks I'm not paying as much taxes as I as they think I should. And then he says the kicker, which it really like the kicker. He's not wrong." When he says my legitimate tap my legitimate corporations pay more in taxes than most of the Fortune 500 corporations in America. And the crazy thing is, he's not lying. And this is a fun thing about mafia-run businesses. Now, because mafia-run businesses are used to launder money, right? The last thing they want is the IRS digging into them. So mafia-run businesses tend to have impeccable, like, tax records. They go out of their way to make sure you will never get a guy in the mob trying to avoid taxes on any of his legitimate businesses because that invites government scrutiny. By comparison, all of the major corporations, the only crime they're committing is tax, like, the only crime they're committing is tax evasion, and they have lawyers to deal with that. So worst case and scenario, loopholes. politicians and, loophole, and they, and they pay them politicians. Loopholes. You're right to put in loopholes because, like, the worst thing that happens if a country, if country, um, like the worst thing that happens if a mob guy cheats on his taxes is the books get opened up and the government gets to come in and take a look at every single dollar coming in and out, and all of their serious crimes get caught. That's what happened to Capone. By comparison, the worst thing that happens if a giant corporation doesn't pay its taxes is later they get forced to pay their taxes. You know? 
Like, there is no downside for a major corporation to evade taxes and to invent new ways to evade taxes, because what's the worst thing that can happen? They can make you pay your taxes. Well, if I didn't try to evade my taxes, I was going to have to do that anyway. So it's like, what Sonny says here is completely true. He, a guy who runs laundries and, uh, you know, laundries and, uh, what do you call it? Uh, catering services and a hotel and a casino. He is paying more in taxes than IBM is, than Apple is, than all of these giant companies that, you know, than all, that these huge, what do you call it? The, the McDonnell Douglas, the companies that make planes, like all of the airlines. He's paying more in taxes than they are. He is a better corporate citizen than all of the people who can, with no question, walk into a government building and get a meeting with a senator to talk about their business and how they should be paying less taxes. So I'm not saying it's, I'm, I don't want to give him a pass on murder. That is not what I'm intended to do here. But to a certain extent, all he can say is you've killed people. And I'm like, the government kills a lot of people, Vinny. Like, the government kills a lot of people all the time. And what I can... You know what the difference between the U.S. government and the mob is? The mob tries not to kill civilians. And the U.S. government could... Well, most governments couldn't care less, really, about collateral damage. Exactly. Particularly not if they are... Um, Depending on what they are. Remember the time the city of Philadelphia blew up a city block? (laughs) And killed dozens of people with bombs? That's a real thing that happened. People, yeah, but here, I mean, it it is, you see, this is, this is, and it is the real problem. Because technically, government is not supposed to be doing that. Nope. And... And I think that, yeah, we have problems in Canada, for example, but it is in the extreme. And now, I mean, and since this show was done, things have gotten a hell of a lot worse. Oh, 20 yeah. years later, things are a lot worse because of the whole global economy. Yeah. Um, if I get to do that film course and we start talking about sort of globalization, um, the issues that aren't dealt with in film. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we all want these nice, you know, you like these nice wrapped up. I mean, yes, Sonny, Sonny runs prostitutes, Sonny, you know, there's, there's all of the drug trade. There well, and is I'll, I'll make a point all of here. these things. And I know this is, right? is going to sound like I'm apologia for the mob, which again, I don't want to do, but I will say one thing. Yes. Did the mob massively under like steal from the the unions that they ran they did 100 percent. they massively stole from the unions they ran i am not saying they didn't and i'm not saying that's okay but i'll tell you this having a bunch of tough guys ensuring that the unions had bargaining power created a world that was better for workers than a world where the mob isn't involved in the unions well let me put it this well it's a, yeah, hey, yeah this is going to take us down this down this rabbit hole like i'm not going to to disagree with you but you know i mean I, in fact i just got into what's today Has Saturday. Someone, it's like hell you're the one who's like you're the like right now you're literally going to union meetings 
You're literally an executive in a union. You can't tell me that unions didn't have it better when the mob was running things. Well, the mob never really ran things in Well, no, not Canada. the kind of unions you're in, no. No, no, and most of them, no, no. Not even this, the steelworkers and the rest of it in, on the Canadian side of things. The only yeah. place you had problems was in Quebec. Oh, I know. And the way that union, but that was, again, because you've got the mob and you've got the interaction with the Roman Catholic Church, which was running the province of Quebec. I mean, yep. it, it, you know, I mean, it was, you know, a, a bizarre sort of form of theocracy at a provincial level that got left that way. But anyway, yeah, so they had, they didn't have, quote, unquote, the same kinds of unions. The problem with yeah. unions is that you do to survive mm -hmm. you have to have governments that obey the law and i think to take it back to to Vinny's, but yes i mean and unions in this whole business it's up and down in the united states well we won't even i'm well, not okay, going to go I'll, there because this is going to yeah. because this would take us but what it is is what Vinny says but it's the law well, and that's the point and I was about to get to. that's the big... That, that's and, that's, the and that is my best scene. Because Vinny, like Sonny, gives this impassioned and incredibly well-reasoned, and I would say yeah. logically correct defense of himself versus the U.S. government. And what does Vinny say? He says, he has the wonderful line about, I can't excuse the things I like about you because of the fact that your fire burn, your need to run over people because their fire burns brighter, which is beautiful and poetic. And I love it, but it's not the key. The key is the next thing he says is it's about the law, man. Yeah. And that moment is so perfect because look at the, I mean, again, you want to talk about an acting masterclass, the look on Sonny's face where he can't believe that this man that he has known and loved for almost two years now at his core, how naive he is. Yeah. He can't believe that Vinny has no idea how the world really works. No. And spoiler alert, the events that follow on this are going to prove there is, there's a pretty strong argument that could be made that the entire second half of this season, and I'm not going to say why, because some people haven't seen this before, but you can make the argument that the entire second half of this season is about proving that v Sonny was right and Vinny was wrong. Because well, I, I, I mean, and the thing is, right, yeah. that corruption at a government level um, has, it always depends on the kind of country you have and the kind yep. of norms that are there. But yes, I mean, we will be revisiting this. We we were going to come back to that statement over and over again. Okay, because well, but because Sonny has this problem, and it is the family problem. Yeah. It's just like the subtext of Moody Blues, and yeah. you know, I, I mean, the subtext is homosexuality. Yeah. But neither one of these men would, in a million years. Yeah, no. Let that thought cross their mind. It's yeah. crossing everybody else's mind that's Who's watching, watching it. it. Like, just how in love are these guys? You know, get a room. <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be the that would be the line under other circumstances. Yeah. You know, and that and clearly Canal meant it 
to be that way. Oh, yeah. It's you know, this subtext. whole business of male bonding, you know, but yeah. he meant it to be that way. I've always assumed that. Yeah, well, why else would you put on that song which says, yeah. but I love you. I love you. you I love you. I, you know, <laughs> go listen yeah. to it if you haven't yet, guys. Yeah. You know, on the thing. I love you. And yeah. it, I mean, it's just, um, it was a turning point in the Moody Blues. I preferred them before they did Nights of White Satin. But <laughs> okay. that's a Moody Blues issue. That's another a, conversation. That's entirely. This ain't the Moody Blues podcast. No, okay. No, no. And I, and anyway, right. But yeah, I mean, and that's the subtext Canel is putting in there because yep. he would have still married Teresa. Eventually, Sonny would have married as well, maybe if he'd stayed in the mob. But Vinny he's not. Would, no, he's an like, undercover if, agent. Yeah, he's, Vinny would have gotten it, settled down and everything. But there is like, I'm not saying and the two Vinny of them would have still been best friends. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I'm not saying canonically that Vinny is bisexual, but I'm saying that he really does love Sonny above and beyond. Look, both of them. Yeah. You see this. They just everything together. And that's why the betrayal is so hard. And that's yeah. and as we are going to see, the betrayal is so hard on Vinny because he's fallen apart. Yep. Because, you know, he says to Frank, what's the point? And Frank, oh, I wish it was you. I but, know. you know, when, oh. when Sonny well, kills himself. We'll get himself. that in a second. Yeah. Uh, well, well, let's get to that right now. So, yeah, um, he gets the it's about the lawman. Yeah. And damn. And so now we get Sonny's final act. He knows he's going to get the, ch he's know they're going to do lethal injection. Yeah. He knows there's no way out of it. So he chooses to end on his own terms. Mm -hmm. And he electrocutes himself as the cops are busting down the door. Yeah. And then Frank <sighs> tries to save him. And to resuscitate him. And Vinny says, what's the point? The state's just going to kill him anyway. Yeah. He doesn't even say that. He just says, no, but, what's no, the no, point, that's subject. Frank? Yeah, what's the point? And that's the subtext. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. like, what's the point of saving a man's life just so you can execute him later? Which we actually talk about that on Criminal Minds quite a bit. Yes, don't we? <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but it is, it is that. And then we get, and then we get the, what feels like the end of a season, because it's supposed to, it's the end of an arc scene where essentially Frank says, this is what it's about. You got your, you got your man, you got your wards. It was harder than you ever imagined. And I don't know that like many people who could have stood, uh, stood up to the temptation. I don't even know if I could have, right? So go and take your, you know, take your applause, go get your applause from Washington. And then, you know, we'll start moving on to the next thing. Yeah, but but then we get the great moment that they got to protect his cover. So yep. he still has, to, after all this, he still has to get arrested and go to jail. Yeah. Damn. Well, and, and the horrible thing in all of that, right, is that, is that Vinny, deep down inside, can never be truly sure. Yeah. Right? Because he did. What would have happened if Sonny hadn't killed Patrice? Yeah. If he could have gotten Sonny out of jail. And he had protected and he had taken down all the guys while protecting his cover. Yeah. What would he have done? Yeah. And the, the the show does not offer any answer to that question. That's just for us to think about. It's just for us to think about. And also, just remember that throughout the rest of the show, he never really has 
another relationship other than sort does, of Amber. He has two. Re- no, no. I will say this. Don't don't start talking about stuff from two seasons from now. Okay. Yeah. Like, but I will say he. Um, it is a very fascinating thing about his relationships with women because, as much as we can say he was in love with Sunny, like I don't think it's fair to unfair to say that he does. He is uh, presents as heterosexual. And he does actually have a type of woman. And so does, but yeah, so does Sonny. Well, no, no, but the it, what's yeah. interesting is Vinny's type of woman, as we see, because he will have two serious non-Sunny relationships over the run of the show. But they're both incredibly similar in that he wants women who are 100% in charge. That's what he wants. If you think about his serious relationships, which we're going to talk about going forward. Just like his mother. <laughs> That's my point. He wants someone who's going to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. And I find and that very Sonny, interesting. Oh, Sonny would have done that. And <laughs> it's true. It's true. But it's like, that's what he wants in an intimate partner. He wants someone who is 100% like in charge and on top of things. And, and uh, that's who, why he's in the FBI. And that's why he's in the FBI. He needs someone to run stuff for him. And, and that's whether that's why, his boss or his intimate partner, like that's that's what he's looking for. And he never he never bucked the system, ever. Well, we'll we'll talk about that uh, going forward because stuff happens later I, on. No, I'm talking the, about prior. Oh yes, prior to okay, yeah, prior. To okay, him, yes, he because he does sort of start to shift yeah. and change. But but no, growing up. Oh no! Yeah, growing he up, he never yes. bucked the system. No, never, and, ever, ever. And we will we will talk about some of that when when you find out. You know, there are other things that devastate him. I mean, we are seeing a full blown character. It's it's yeah, it is. I mean, well, it, no, over I mean, these is, three years, he is he grows and he changes and he develops. Like he really yeah. is a fully rounded character with an insane amount of depth. In a way that you wouldn't see on America, you had never seen on American television no. before this. And he will like, stay in the closet forever. <laughs> again, we can you talk sorry? about the extent to which he's canonically bi, or whether uh, he just had that intense a relationship with Sonny. But anyway, yes, uh, that that's, that's a conversation <laughs> no. for another time. But it's there. It's funny. Like you can't you say it's not there. Not. When you, no, you watch can't say that it's not scene? there when you watch it's it's a whole minute of the show. What devoted. do you think Canel was trying to tell you? You know, if I mean devoted to the two of them looking at one another Just and staring at staring each at each other with after, these eyes after, that are going longing the world me. is gonna end. Yep. Frig. I know. It's it Those has are... all of the emotion of a breakup scene, and it's yeah. supposed to have all the emotion of a breakup scene. That's what that scene is. Yep. So yeah, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the arc. Sonny's dead. Uh Vinny is, you know, at sea, right? Vinny doesn't know how he's gonna cope. Yeah. Uh and that's where we're gonna pick up next week, of all things, with episode one ten, uh Last Rites for Lucci, where we're going to talk, and because it's just one episode, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Last Rites for Lucci, and then we're just going to talk about how the first season, uh, just 
we're going to review the first season as a whole, like we used to with Criminal Minds. So we're just going to talk about I mean, the first what was arc. Our fav- Sorry, yeah, the first arc. I say season. Yeah. Um, the the first arc is what we're going to talk about: our favorite episodes, our least favorite episodes, uh, what we thought they could have done better, what we think sets up stuff in the future. Just kind of an overview of the whole first arc, as we also talk about Last Rites for Lucci, which is a hell of an episode. Yeah, it really is a hell of an episode because it's a Pete focused episode. Uh huh. Uh, it's the only Pete-focused episode. No, sorry. It's one of two Pete-focused I was going to say. Yeah, no, you're right. That was very dumb of me. There is definitely another Pete-focused episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but, <laughs> okay, well, let's not say any more than that. Uh, but, yeah, um, I think it's fair to say that this is a fan, like, 109, Nobody Gets Out of Here Alive, is, it's a fantastic episode. It is a perfect cap on the arc. Mm-hmm. And it does such an incredible job of setting up what's coming. And, and uh, like, in terms of an episode and the writing, like, it just takes you, takes you up, 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 and it keeps moving you. Doesn't take too long. There aren't any nope. false moments in it. So you get to the high point, and then yeah. the denouement just works so well. Like, I, I, watching this, particularly when I watched um on the canal you know the the original uh the original? which ultimately well yeah one nine the original for number nine. Oh yes yeah yeah the one on the dvd yeah not yeah. not well when i went back and looked at the dvd one right yeah and re- thinking versus the original all along that since the original all i've been doing is watching the dvd when every now and then i go and watch it or what i did on amazon I watched yeah. it on Amazon and it's Which still the, the same DVD problem. Versions. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same problem. It's the DVD versions. And then I watched the canal for f- whatever his thing is, four, five, eight, seven, four, five, seven, yeah. eight, canal whatever. Four, five, eight, seven. Four, five, eight, seven. Well, when I watched the, that so that's the original version. Yeah. And okay. Okay, all of a sudden you're just going, yeah, this is why it was so powerful. Yeah. It's it's that it's that last 10 minutes or so. Mhm. 10 12 uh, minutes. The, it just, the it go, raging it, they up. go for it. Yeah. They and the two of full them on go for it. I mean the two of them just I you believe every everything frame of it, right? Yeah. And again, it's I don't amazing. know who directed it I wonder anyway, That's a I'll good find question. out. But what it comes down to is it's a crime that they didn't get Emmys for this, you know, like who was doing better work than this in 1987 on network television? No one was doing work on this level in 1987 on network television. Like, what did they, I'm like, what did they give it to? I'm like trying to remember somebody from St. Elsewhere. Like who's winning the Emmys at this point? Who's winning? Yeah, I don't know. 1987. I'm going to look it up. So well, let me I've... see who won the won the 1988 Emmys. We're doing this right now on the show. Oh yeah, right. Uh, 40th right. This prime is... time Emmys. Like, did they give it to somebody from LA Law or something? Winners, acting, lead performances, comedy series. Michael J. Fox as Alex P. Keaton. That makes perfect sense. B. Okay. Arthur as Dorothy's Bornack in mm-hmm. The Golden Girls makes perfect sense. No notes. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm gonna blow your mind. Outstanding lead actor in a dramatic series. 
Richard Kiley as Joe Gardner in A Year in the Life. An actor I've never heard of in a show I've never heard of. Richard Kiley, I have heard of. He used okay. to be a doctor. Okay. And do you know what do you know who else is nominated? As I predicted, Corbin Burnson and Michael T- Tucker from LA Law. Mm-hmm. Ron Perlman for Beauty and the Beast. And Edward Woodward on the Equalizer. Only Edward Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like what I'm talking about is they're, you know they're not even nominated. They're not even nominated. No, that, that's my point. That is my point, right? Because you look at these those five actors, and okay, I can't speak to Richard Kiley because I'm not familiar with the actor, not familiar with the show. Well, but no, I've no, seen he was every episode of Beauty and the Beast. Corbin, uh, Corbin Burns in L.A. Law, Michael Tucker in L.A. Law, and Edward Woodward. I've watched every episode of all four of those shows. Yeah. And none of them are even playing on the same level. Yeah. As Wise Guy is. Like, Wise Guy is, again, it's a show from the future. Like, it, well, it was a show from problem. the 2010s being aired in 1987. It's like they were doing stuff on this show that is so alien to the rest of television that the rest of television didn't even know how to react. And I hate to say this, but the story of the rest of the show of Wise Guy is a network trying to rein in Wise Guy and make it more like other shows on TV to its detriment. Duh, and have we not seen that in lots of other shows? We have. And again... The, the the idea that Larry Drake on L.A. Law deserved an Emmy over <laughs> over Ray Sharkey as Sonny Steelgrave is insane to me. Oh, it should be insane to anybody who's ever seen anything. Yeah, like it's it's madness. And by the way, <sighs> Wise Guy is. I'm not saying L.A. Law wasn't fun, okay? Stephen Bochco knows how to create a TV show. He did it for 20 years because he was good at his job, all right? And and I, I truly think that David E. Kelly can write an episode of television better than almost anybody else. Like, I love, I was obsessed with Boston Legal, okay? I was obsessed with the practice. The man is good at his job. But this is insane to me that, like, the two of the five nominations in actor were for L.A. Law and three of the five nominations in supporting actor were from L.A. Law. Oh, well, supporting every... actor, also uh, actress, also L.A. Law. Yeah, well, actor, actress, we, we, we don't, we, we wouldn't even think about in this particular show. Yeah, but... no, obviously. There's but, no actors you can you can nominate on. Um, they didn't have guest performance Oscar uh, Oscars. They mm-hmm. didn't have guest performance Emmys back then because now you can give someone Emmy who was only on one episode in a guest performance. Mm-hmm. And if that Emmy existed at the time, I would say Annette Benning deserved that Emmy. Yeah. If if that Emmy existed at the time, but it doesn't. No. But like, there is no planet under <laughs> like there is no planet or set of circumstances that will ever convince me that L.A. Law deserved to be winning awards while Wise Guy was getting snubbed. Like, that's insane. Yeah, because it wasn't even nominated for anything. It wasn't nominated for But L.A. Anything. Law, everybody watched it. It was everybody a phenomenon. Loved it. it was a phenomenon. But we've talked about this before, about, about series that are supposed to 
that you give something to a producer that they can understand. I mean, for, yeah. for the money people, the, at the, at, and what they want, well, what they yeah, want is. They want is what they've seen. What they've seen, right? And so you have to try and make sure that it looks like what they've seen. And this is not the only show. Just, yeah. rem- I mean, we can, we can name, particularly in the eighties, there were all sorts of people trying to break out that late eighties, early nineties. And it took HBO because yeah. it sure as hell wasn't going to happen on any of the major networks. Yeah. It's that. No, you're right. It took, it, they, they disrupted, they shook up what people's expectations were. And that's what allowed the golden age of television to happen. Yeah. And, that's what and we're currently living in. And, and what I'm, you know, I'm sort of sitting here and trying to think about it, right? That, that period in the early nineties, there's, there's so much, there are comedy shows that didn't last or when they were trying to kill them, they would move them around. So you couldn't follow them if you wanted to, right? Yep. Um, Oh, our beloved sledgehammer. Oh yeah. And then there was, uh, you know, um, yeah, it happened th- plenty of times. Sure, it happened pr- plenty of times. Rather than seeing something for what it was, they would say, "Yeah, but it's not the Cosby Show." Yeah, and they would just get rid of it. I know. There are there are, honestly, we could sit here and talk about even Mister Belvedere we loved. You know, was be- <laughs> no, but it's like we could talk about a hundred shows that we miss, and we're gonna, as always, encourage people to head on over to YouTube and watch all of Bakersfield PD. Mm-hmm. The, uh, another show well ahead of its time yeah and didn't survive uh, and yeah. didn't survive for the same reasons but fundamentally wise guy is unique yeah simply because no one had tried what wise guy is doing before like just no one had really tried it in any mm-hmm. meaningful way and wise guy is unique because wise guy got proven right like you look at something that was brilliant and canceled like um the, it's gary shandling's show yeah. that was his bizarre meta show about a show about making a sitcom where he's constantly talking to the audience and the theme song is a um oh god um you know that wonderful comedy songwriter short people help me out here oh 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 uh williams yeah paul williams yes yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway it's a song, uh, not pa- no. It's not Paul Williams. It's Randy Newman. It's not. That's Paul it, Randy. 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 Okay. See, but right. I, but we got there. No, no, I, yeah, I, we got there because you said Paul Williams got me to Randy Newman. And that's the uh, Paul Williams' yes. rainbow connection and all that other stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's Randy Newman, right? Yeah. And it's a Randy Newman song, and the song is Randy Newman saying that uh, Gary Shandling phoned him, and it the story of the song is. Him being phoned by Gary Shandling and asked, being asked to write a theme song for its Gary Shandling show. Mm-hmm. So it's like the show was so meta and commenting about the show that like even the theme song is meta and com- as a meta conversation about the theme song. So it's like that is how deep the meta rabbit hole this thing went. And no one had ever tried it like that before. And it didn't succeed. But the thing is, it's Gary Shandling's show didn't change television in retrospect, Mm-mm. right? Wise Guy did. Like, there's there's plenty of people who took risks. Wise Guy is one of the few people who, who took risks and ended up changing television as a result. And that's the key element. Because you can always say, well, what about soap operas? Nighttime soap operas aren't like Wise Guy, and modern television shows aren't like 
they're not like nighttime soap operas. They're like wise guy. Yeah, you That's have the to. Key part. I I think that people people who talk about soap operas from the eighties, yeah, you know those nighttime soaps, have never seen them. <laughs> no, you no, have. You're, you're no. right. That is an issue. What you is know, if you like haven't really Falcon Crest and Dallas once a week. You know, there yeah. were some there. Like I loved watching William Devane, but I couldn't watch an episode. Yeah, I know. Like I watched William Devane and everything else, but I couldn't watch an episode of Falcon Crest. Watch a whole episode of Falcon Crest? I know. Well, no, because they were just or, soap or operas Dallas, at nighttime, so it's sake. just oh, Dallas. Everybody loved Dallas, and I'm going. No, because I'm, no, but people love nighttime soaps because it's just nighttime soaps are always you're watching a group of rich people have you know backstab one another. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. by the way, that's the template for fun entertainment since Shakespeare. Well, yeah. <laughs> since, since the Greeks, really, just watching a bunch of rich people who don't have real problems backstab each other. Yeah, you know that's what it's that's what it's about. Whereas the whole point of prestige television is taking, uh, you know, character studies in a uh, a dramatic, like a dramatic setting, and then doing a full character study within that dramatic setting yeah. over prescribed like arcs in those people's lives. Right? And that's that's the difference between Wise Guy and everything that came before Wise Guy. And you know what? There wasn't anything like Wise Guy before. So that's enough talking about Wise Guy for one day. We've been going for almost two hours. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, uh. I did I just did the most Canadian sorry I've ever done in my life. Don't know where that came from. Not normally my accent, but suddenly I was like, oh sorry. I'm doing this stereotypical Canadian accent. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, eh? We can all do it. It's by the way, it's slightly uh it's slightly racist to say this with Sheila here, because she's actually from the part of Canada where people talk like that. <laughs> well, I wasn't born there. <laughs> no, you weren't born there. But yes. <laughs> yes. As I try and explain sometimes when I'm teaching ESL, yeah. I said, you have to understand. That if you go back, like, this is how my father periodically, like, he didn't generally speaking anymore, like, it wears off as everything wears off, you know, to some extent, except for some people. But even with my dad, you know, but there were words and there were phrases. That you would hear him say. And then you go down, I go down, down east, right? You just go down east and then that's. Oh yeah, and then that's uh-huh. everybody, and and all of a sudden you immediately have to do start a double. sounding like your dad. Yeah, you have to think about it. Do you start talking like your dad? Yeah, well, I can't. It doesn't matter when I'm down there. Yeah, yeah I'm not course, from right? away. My dad didn't leave because he wanted to. My dad left because he had to, because there yeah. was no work like so many other people. No. Um, you well, also that's the old going down the road story. Yeah, and then there's right. uh, Australia. <laughs> Never right. mind. We're talking about other things, and our excuse is that it is friggin hot and it's, it's miserable so hot here. and you know, uh, we're just all over the place we're getting but... rambly and i apologize for that all right so what we're gonna do now is i'm gonna do our wonderful the same sign off we always do which is as always i want to thank you for listening say that oh excuse me i want to thank you for listening say that if you'd like to reach us if you have any questions comments suggestions for profiling related fiction you think we should check us uh check out please drop us a line at profiling minds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you if you're listening to this on some sort of app or podcatcher be sure to rate and review the show 
that's how new people find it. We're going to see you back here for more Wise Guy next week as we do a little uh, retrospective on the season and talk about episode 110. We'll see you back here for that. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.